0: Good morning, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. My name is Anthony Moore. I serve as the senior pastor of Carolina Church, located in Fort Washington, Maryland, and you happen to be on the Carolina prayer call line. I want to thank you for your presence. I want to encourage you all to um, share this prayer call with your circle of friends, persons you have influence with, If, in fact, this has been a blessing to you, it can certainly be a blessing to them. Um, Prior to us going to the throne of grace for persons who have asked us to intercede on their behalf, I, I take this time, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, to instruct us biblically around a particular matter that will help us to grow in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I've been dealing with this whole idea about our conscience and how God convicts our conscience and how he awakens it in such a way that it gives him center stage in our lives. And so as I dealt with the whole idea around conscience, I thought that I would give to you last week an illustration or an example of what God does with one conscience and um, that you might be able to see it from a biblical perspective as an example in God's Word. I told you all last week about Joseph. Joseph had some brothers. Um, He was the dearly beloved son of his father, Jacob. His brothers, however, hated him. Um, because he was the beloved one. He, they hated him for a number of reasons. One, because of the position he had in his father's heart, but also because he was always telling them about his dreams. And so they threw him in a pit, sold him to traitors who took him to um, Egypt. Um, and another word for traders is really they put him and sold him into slavery. And um, they told their father, however, that he had been eaten by some ferocious animal. And I had you all last week to look at Genesis chapter 37. That was to be your reading, Genesis chapter 37. For those of you who have not read it, I want to encourage you to do so. It helps to give the context to my example. Interestingly enough, as they sold him into slavery, lied about his whereabouts to his father that he had died. God blessed Joseph and raised him up so that he became the governor at the right hand of Pharaoh and and with authority over the whole land of Egypt. It's important to note that Joseph, going through all of this, lived a godly life. Um, The brothers, on the other hand, had lived an ungodly life. The brothers were men whose word could not be trusted. They were prone to violence. They were sexually out of control. They were capable of lying even to the Father who loved them just to um, cover up their own sin. And the question that's raised is this, you all, how can a person who has betrayed trust, lied, broken promises, and deceived even their own loved ones come to share in the blessings of God. And I want you all to know that hope begins for these brothers and hope begins for you and I, when God awakens our conscience and God does that in the story of Joseph and his brothers in four ways. I told you last week, he did it number one by disturbing the peace. God will often break into our lives through unexpected events that are completely beyond our control and that's what happened to these brothers when they in fact experienced a famine in Genesis 41 57 this is what it tells us the famine was severe over all the earth God often does this to get our attention the brothers found themselves in need and this had not happened to them before so now what God's doing, God's getting their attention. He's beginning to arrest their conscience. And may- maybe there are ways in which God is breaking into your life by disturbing your peace. Things seems to be going along well. And then something unexpected, quite beyond your control happens. Some trouble comes. Something happens that arrests your attention. And God does this, number one, by disturbing the peace. Number two, God awakens our conscience, not only by disturbing the peace, but number two, I told you last week, by arousing memory, by arousing your memory. Um, In Genesis 42 and 1, when Jacob learned that there was grain for sale in Egypt, remember now, Jacob is the father. When he heard that there was grain for sale in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? That's Genesis 42 and 1. So, the way that God awakens you and I, our conscience, the way that He did it here in this story, is by number one, He disturbed their peace. Number two, by arousing memory. Jacob said the word Egypt, and the brothers are all looking at each other, thinking, That's where we sent Joseph. And now our father, who thinks Joseph is dead, is going to send us to Egypt to get grain because of the famine? Y'all, Egypt happened to have been the word they never spoke in their home. Um, When they arrived in Egypt, brothers are thrown into prison. Jacob sent them. They go. They're thrown into prison. Now, memory is really aroused now. in in Genesis 42 verse 21 this is what it says for no good reason we threw our brother in a pit and now for no good reason we have been thrown into prison y'all they said that to one another in truth they said we are guilty concerning our brother in that we saw the distress of his soul when he begged us and we did not listen that is why this distress has come upon us. This is, their, this is their words. And now it's all coming back to them. God brought their past actions to mind, and their own sins are real, alive, fresh, and they're present. Their conscience, y'all, in other words, has become awakened. They see what God sees and know what God knows. This is what Reuben said in Genesis 42, verse 22. Reuben said, did I not tell you all not to sin against the boy, but you did not listen. So now there comes a reckoning for his blood. So when God wants to awaken our conscience, the first thing he does is he disturbs the peace. Two, he arouses our memory and makes us remember something. But then three, by speaking harshly. That's number three, by speaking harshly. See, Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke roughly to them. That's what um, Genesis 42 in verse 7 says to us. He spoke roughly to them. Joseph's harshness so impressed itself on them that when they returned home, in, in Genesis 42 and 30, they said, the man... The Lord of the land spoke roughly to us and took us to be spies. So in Genesis forty two and seven, Joseph speaks roughly. It impressed upon the hearts of them that when they got home in Genesis forty two and thirty, they said to themselves, that, that man, the Lord of the land, spoke roughly to us and took us to be spies. Now let me try and explain where you might have experienced something similar when you come to church. What you hear as the preacher is preaching, y'all, is not comfortable. It brings to mind things you would rather forget. The word of God is disturbing you, speaking harshly. Paul explains it in Romans 7. He says, The law is good, Romans 7 and 12. And it, it is through God's law that we discover our own sin. And when we see what God requires of us, we see that we are nowhere near what he called us to be, not even at our best. If you feel convicted of sin, thank God for it. To be at peace when your sins are not dealt with is the worst of all positions. It's the worst place to be in. So when God speaks to you harshly, which is what conviction of sin feels like, It's actually, you all, the greatest kindness that God distributes towards us. So he, in fact, um, when he wants to awaken our conscience, he does it by, number one, disturbing the peace, number two, by arousing our memory, number three, by speaking harshly, number four, by showing kindness. So Joseph spoke harshly to his brothers, but he could not restrain his own love for them. He's overcome by emotions and he has to leave. Verse 40, um, Chapter 42, verse 24 says this, he turned away from them and he wept. He spoke harshly. It messed him up. So much so until he becomes overcome by his emotions, he turns away from them and he weeps. Joseph gave the orders. He gives the orders. Now listen to what he does. He gives these orders in Genesis 42, verse 25. He says to them, fill their bags of grain and to replace every man's money in his sack and give them provisions for the journey. Y'all, that's a sheer act of kindness. In Romans 2 and 4, Bible says that God's kindness is meant to lead you and I back to repentance. It's his kindness is designed to lead you and me to, to repentance. you so the fascinating thing here is that the brothers don't know what to do with this act of kindness. They don't understand what has happened, and they completely misinterpret it. One of the brothers finds the money in his bag, and he says um, in, in, in Genesis 42, verse 28, he says, my money has been put back. Here it is in the mouth of my sack. At this, you all, their hearts failed at them, and they turned, trembling to one another, saying, what is this that God? I need to tell you all, this is the first time, the first time in the entire story that the great-grandchildren of Abraham mentioned the name of God. At least you all, these brothers who have lied, who have broken trust, and have long forgotten their past sins, have now some awareness of God. And right then, at that moment, they think that God is against them. They don't yet know the gracious purpose he has for their lives, but at least they are awakened. Let me close this, you all. I wonder, you all, has this ever happened to you? I mean, I I meet a lot of people who tell me that they've always been um, Christians and believers. And I have to ask my often, well, have you ever been awakened and convicted of your own sin? Because that's the first mark. Of being a Christian I mean th- th- this happens in different ways for everybody at different times with different degrees of intensity in different people so how would you know if this has happened to you when you are awakened you will come to the clear conclusion that you are a sinner you'll say I, I, I have already sinned enough in my life To fully deserve the eternal condemnation of God. That's the first thing that happens when you become a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I wonder, have you ever come to that conclusion about yourself? When you do, the pride, the swagger, the self-righteousness, the arrogance, and the pretense will all be gone. You will feel that you are a person whose only hope is in Jesus Christ. And hope will have begun for you of you having your conscience awakened. That's what I wanted to give to you all today. Listen, I want you to have this lesson. I want you to understand it. I want you to see how God awakens our conscience and it relates how it relates to us. Brothers and sisters, I need you all to help me today to pray. In our last uh, few minutes together, um, Brother Larry Thomas, I want you all to continue to pray for healing um, while he's in therapy. Um, I want you all to continue to pray for Sister Jackie Thomas. Received the praise report on yesterday that they have completely taken her off of dialysis. Her kidneys are back to functioning. So now we're praying that he will eradicate the cancer in her body. We're praying for Deacon Sharon Darum For continual healing for Brother Gary Davis, who's been diagnosed with cancer. We're praying for Harry Mason, who's the father of Deacon Shaw Thomas. We're praying that God will heal the cancer that has reappeared. We're praying for Norma Ferraby and family, her aunt, Gloria Ware, transition. We're praying for that family. Prayer request for Vanessa Mary's mother, Mrs. Lillian Mary who was hospitalized in um, Florida. Um, she's on life support and cardiac issues in critical care unit, which you all would lift um, Sister Lillian Mary in prayer. Praying today also for Sister Don Queen's brother. His name is Gregory Queen, who's in Washington Hospital Center. Would you all to to have mercy, or um, pray that God will have mercy upon this our brother. He's having surgery for blood clots. I want to ask you all to pray for Sister Carolyn Waddy. Her sister transitioned on Monday morning. I need you all to lift that family in prayer. Praying for Trigina Renee Hunter, Elder Durham's niece. She's suffering with complications from kidney transplant. We're praying today for Sister Mary Davis and Deacon Evelyn Max, Sister Martina Baxter, continual healing, Associate Pastor Talia White, continual healing. We're praying for Velda Jones and Sister Gayleen Musgrove. I want to ask you all to pray today for Reginald Henderson for traveling mercies and Brother Stan Featherstone for healing in his body. We're praying for Pastor Stephen Tucker and for um, Pastor. Um, Hurl, Reverend Harold Brinkley we're lifting them in prayer on today I need you all to do all that you can if you would pray for Andre Harris's mother. mother um, we're praying today we're praying today we're praying on today I'm gonna ask you all to do what you can to lift those persons father in the name of Jesus I do pray I ask you God to do what only you can do and to do it in the way in which you do it God because we know that when you do it, it doesn't have to be done again. And so God, we ask that you eradicate cancer once and for all. And we ask God that you heal the bodies of these persons whose names have been called, whether it is healing emotionally, healing mentally, whether it's healing physically. Lord, you have the power to do it. Now, God, we do want to tell you on the front end that um, we ask for forgiveness of sin. We ask, God, that our conscience becomes awakened by your Holy Spirit and that we become convicted. And so, Lord, as a result of that, we say, forgive us today. Forgive us, God forgive us forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness your word says to us that you in fact will and that you can that if we confess our sins that you would forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness and so lord a few of your believing children have gathered today we have touched and agree and we god know that we have fallen short of your glory now lord restore them god i pray that you would deliver i pray that you would heal i pray god that you would receive in the name of jesus god i ask god that all of the names i've called and even those names i didn't know to call and for even the persons god whose names that have been text to me, even as this prayer is going forth. I'm asking you, God, to move on behalf. I'm asking you, God, to do. You can do it, God, because you are all. Powerful Now, Lord, for traveling mercies, I'm praying. I'm praying, God. I'm praying. I'm praying that you would save, that you would sanctify, you'll deliver, draw us closer to you. Father, it is our desire to be your disciple. That's our desire, to be your disciple, to be a witness uh, about you, to be a witness of you, and to be a witness for you. That's our prayer, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray today. Receive us, God. Heal. Do it now. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people of God said amen. Let me thank you all so very much for your presence on today. I appreciate you. I've given you some principles whereby which you can use to govern your own lives and draw closer to the Lord. Now, on your mark, get set, let's grow. Have a great day on purpose. And know that I love you all with all my heart. God bless you all.